I will not allow anybody else to try and break me down. Break me down, nah, break me, break nah. me down, nah. Time to make a point, let them know that I'm the greatest around. Y'all yeah. about to watch an insurrection. It's my time to make a statement. I'm about to interject it. I don't care yeah. about your perception. I'm likely to just reject it. I hope you're ready, cause it's the resurrection of perfection. Yeah. I will not allow anybody else yeah. to try and break me down. Break me down, break me, break me down, nah. break me down. Time to make a point, let them know that I'm the greatest around. Y'all yeah. about to watch an insurrection. Yeah. It's my time to make yeah. a statement. Yeah. I'm about to yeah. interject it. Yeah. I don't care about yeah. your perception. Yeah. I'm likely to just yeah. reject it. Yeah. I hope you're ready, yeah. cause it's the yeah. resurrection yeah. of the yeah. 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 They will. Wrestle flow, 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 yeah. Yo, what's crackalacking? And welcome back to the 810 podcast. And I'm here with the belt god and the million dollar man himself. Roberto DiBiase, a.k.a. Wrestling Hair Guy. Hi, guys. Uh, weekend going? You know, my weekend was pretty incredible. Um, I'm getting ready for this big Vegas trip. Still, so I got with the fellas and whatnot, and we, we planned out for that. But I think my weekend was trumped by Mr. Wrestling Hair Guy, who made a major acquisition this weekend. What are you doing buying beaches, man? What's going on, man? What are you not telling us, man? You, is Virgil helping you uh, buying these beaches? Nah, these beaches are close by me, so I just go visit them. So check out the beaches. It's still summertime where I stay in Texas. It's always hot, so you have to hit up the beaches. Lexington. <laughs> I'm over here in Michigan, cold ass Michigan, and, and you talking about hot beaches over there in Texas? Yeah, well, let's let's start the big league encounter. Uh, we'll, we'll get him down for one on the big league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, right. Uh, I think you got it. The beach. What was it, San Padre Island that you said? Yeah, South Padre Island. Mm. Look at that. I'd rather be at South Beach, Miami, but it's it's South Padre. Is your toes still in the sand right now as we speak? That's what you uh, say. Repeat that. Is your toes still in the sands right now? (laughs) Hell no. I have people came and they will be to the beach. Exactly. They will be to the beach. I don't have to walk on the sand. Wait, you got people carrying you. <laughs> what do you got? You inherit like Macho Man Randy order. Savage Mans or something? What's going on, bro? <laughs> now, I jump on a wheelchair and they will be all the way uh, to the sand. Uh, sweet oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> How much you pay them? You pay them or are they just working for pennies? Uh, they just work for tips, so I just tip them. Ah, come on, man. What the fuck? oh man all right so let's go ahead and talk about uh retribution their silly little nicknames uh i got them right here 
T-Bone, Mace, Slapjack. What do you think about those? <laughs> oh, those are serious? I, I am dead serious. That is the wrestler's name. That is uh, T-Bone is Donovan Dijakovic. Mace is Dio Madden. And Slapjack is, um, I think, what was his name? Fuck. Kevin Dorn? Kevin Steen? No, that's Kevin Owens. Do you remember back in the 90s when the cartoons would have, like, cartoon characters would have these villains? And the villains would have some of the worst henchmen and their names? Yes. T-Bone, Mace, Slapjack, all sounds like henchmen. You know, like Ninja Turtle villains. You know, it's like, who? Like, that's just one of the most ridiculous names for these guys. But I think it matches the attire now because they look like they came off the set of, they stole their outfits from Mad Max Fury Road. It kind of come across as like Bane from Batman. Like, uh, I don't know. I did see that on that one. Yeah, I'm like, it's like they watched a whole bunch of bad 80 movies. And like, hey, let's 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 uh let's make our characters out of this. But here's the thing about retribution, it's like, okay, you you one, you come out of nowhere, we know where they come from. I mean you come out of NXT. But you come out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're sort of like a, a villain with no cause and you keep saying that we're here to purge WWE, you know of uh you know these these people and stuff so okay if you achieve what do you give us like who, who are you going to become like what like this this group has no direction they have no purpose they have no they don't even have no motive like they have no genuine motive it's like really when you think about their their origin and like what their goal is and what they're trying to achieve it's really ridiculous when you think about it. it's not like the nexus when Wade Barrett was leading that group, so it's 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 pointless and it's really lazy booking and writing. Exactly. I also think Retribution is probably the answer to AEW's Dark Order. Probably, I mean, not well, so-called answer because they it was a very poor execution. I mean, you got got these guys running around looking like a Halloween costume party, really. So it, compared well, to you Dark know. Order, but you know that Triple H makes their names before they get into NXT. They don't even uh, the, uh, NXT don't have the right site. They just give them the name when they come in. They nah. can't make up their own name. Give it. I'm gonna have to disagree with I that. I think one. Triple H gives it to them. I think Triple H gives them their gimmick I'm before have to, they walk into NXT. I'm gonna have to disagree with that one because Triple H sometimes he will alter some of their names, but. T-Bone, Mace, Slapjack, that is a Liz McMahon thing or a Bruce Pitcher thing. Trust me. That 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 got nothing to do with Chris, I mean, not Chris, Triple H on this one. And when they come to the main roster, just like they did with the, the Viking experience, they changed their fucking tag name from the Viking, um, Roar Raiders to the Viking experience. And then changed it back to the Viking Raiders. I mean, WWE does this a lot, honestly. They just go ahead, take away people's last names, take away their first names, give you stupid ass, silly ass names, and then uh, in the end of the day, you're Shorty G. I mean, 
we, we, we've seen it happen before. We know how this goes because, I mean, we've seen this one too many times, like you said, with the whole Shorty G thing and, like, how it became the mini version of John Cena. You know, oh, my God, that's horrible booking. Like, wait. <sighs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I wouldn't say mini version of John Cena. Maybe the mini version of uh Jesse, Slam, uh, Slam Master J. He dresses just like John Cena. Yeah, I guess I guess Slam Master J does does just like John Cena a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, but, um, WWE just uh. I don't know who's riding this shit, but it's, it's fucking garbage, and it has been garbage for years. They need to fire that person. They need to fire the whole fucking staff. I mean, the wrestlers okay. riding their own fucking promos and just going out there and winking it. I'd rather have that than um, this bullshit. This bad Batman movie. <laughs> Think about one of the writers would make Foley before now. Mm. I thought they let go of Mick Foley during the quarantine. Oh, the quarantine down. That's crazy. Wait, Mick Foley was a writer? I think he was one of the writers in there. I thought his son works with WWE, though. I'm not sure about Foley. Well, they're both messed up in the head, so I think Mick Foley's the writer. He hit his head a couple times in the ring and fell the off the hell in the cell with the Undertaker, so he's kind of fucked up in the head, so maybe that's why the writing's not good. pretty good. This <laughs> I, I don't think it's Big Foley's writing on this one, if he did write this, uh, or write any other thing. I don't think he had a say. I don't think he has the final say. It's, I, I, if anything, I blame it on Bruce Pritchard and Michael Hayes. That's, that's the two people that have the final say. Uh, except for a bitch oh. man. It's like, do we even care? Like, do we even care? Like, who's the leader of retribution? Like, like say, like, even if they bring in like a camp, like who who could they bring in that would shock you? That would actually be the leader of retribution? That would make them interesting at this point? Oh uh, shit, Bo Dallas. <laughs> Just because he has not been on TV for a long time. For a very long time, his partner been um released. You know that gave him some um uh alternative motives to go against the WWE. So I'll say Bo Dallas, but most likely it's not Bo Dallas. He's he's sitting now right next to me eating chips. Who you got wrestling here, guy? Who would you like to see? I would like to see now. Let me see who can. Be good. Maybe I don't know. It's like, the roster's not that good right now. I don't even like that one right now. But it'll be like a demotion. But I would uh, if they brought some old Joe back to NXT. But it'll be like a demotion for him if he came to NXT. To my retribution. Yeah. I'll be the. People that could be the leader of retribution, and I'm going to state my case why I feel like these guys could be the leader and why it could be interesting. I'm going to start with number three. I'm going to start with Sami Zayn. 
being the leader of retribution. It doesn't make sense, but here's why it would be interesting. Sami Zayn's the most disrespected wrestler in WWE. He's been jobbed out multiple times. He uh, has had short title runs. You know, he has not realized greatness, and he should blame the writers, and he should blame WWE. So the thing is that he already dressed like an anarchist, and he's well-spoken, and he's very philosophical, so why not make Sami Zayn the person who wants to see the WWE burn and get retribution? Okay. Number two, number two, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett is in NXT and is signed full time now as a NXT announcer. So who better than to go back and pick people from NXT and bring them over to the main roster? And he has history by leading the Nexus, you know. And so the thing is, he could talk about having a retribution by coming back and having a mission to get revenge on people at the WWE and much like Sammy becoming an anarchist to get his revenge and get a little retribution and he's got his hand-picked soldiers to run both divisions, the men and women's divisions of WWE uh, my number one one would be Daniel Bryant okay no reason I would like it I like when Daniel Bryant was a heel and uh, I would think that that would be very good, it would almost be like CM Punk with the Straight Edge Society Okay. So those are my top three guys. I would love to see Lee Retribution. I think that would make them interesting. I I agree. I. What if Corey Graves came as a leader? Hey, Corey Graves would actually not be bad. I like that. Corey, yeah, Corey yeah. Graves would do good. I think so. You know who wouldn't be good as a leader of Retribution? Our true. Who? No, here's two people. <laughs> <laughs> Art true. And Enzo Amori. Enzo Amori, we never want to see him back on TV. Whoa. Okay. Wait, wait, Enzo. wait. You got gone too far. But Enzo's, Enzo is Amori. His partner, Big Cats, might have a seat in there. A what? If he, I said Enzo comes back, he won't want Big Cats to come back, but... And they both joined that group. Maybe Big Cass will have a seizure like he had at the G1 in New York. That's why we can't get them back. Here's my number one person who should not lead retribution. I don't ever want to see on TV or WWE. You fry daddy, because you absolutely suck. Okay? <laughs> I never want to see you on TV, and I don't want to see you lead retribution. You'll never get retribution, you son of a bitch. And, uh, of course, we, we, we can't start the podcast off without a, a good old fuck you fire daddy. Uh, we need to get one Damn. of the songs in for uh, Mr. Fry Daddy. Uh, no, he deserves no songs. He deserves nothing extra. Nothing extra. Okay. Alrighty. You know, uh, is he going through the cheeseburger syndrome? Like, he he's bald one minute and he's uh, got hair the next day? What's going on with that one? The goddamn human chia pet, that's what he is. <laughs> I want to know what the hell is he's taking or what kind of pills he's taking because your boy can need some hair over here, all right? You don't want that, the estrogen pills. <laughs> all right, let's move on to how long you think WWE is going to give up on Keith Lee? It's a matter of time. We know it's coming. Um, 
hey, I'm going to tell you like this, it probably won't be as long as it's taking Leroy to join this podcast. Oh, big league. So oh, big league, man. He's, you know, he's he's high off his uh, uh, WrestlePro Alaska, you know. He's still spending money in the AEW uh, checks and stuff. Um, he's, he's, he's still swimming in the GCW money. I mean, yeah, he, and, and oh, don't forget the pro wrestling tees checks. This man. Hold on, now. Hold on, he's not. He's not the only one with a pro wrestling tees shop. That is true. You guys can go get yourself right. a pro wrestling tees shirt at. Uh, I mean, you guys can go get yourself a Bad News Vaughn uh, pro wrestling tees at prowrestlingtees.com. Bad News Vaughn, eight one zero. Buy the damn t-shirt. New designs coming too, by the way. But who gives a damn? We run this shit. Uh, anyways, you get get back to the next point. You was man. Oh, Keith Lee, Keith Lee. I'm gonna let wrestling hair guy lead this whole. What I think about Keith Lee, he already has. I think he, they're gonna give up with him like after a while because his matches, like the he had like the top biggest wins. You know, the top five biggest wins. So after a while, WWE, what they do is like they keep winning, 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 and then when it's like they're like in the top, they just drop them like right away. That's what I think. Hmm. It, but I'll take it from here. The Keith is impressive. What I don't like is that they could not hesitate just to tweet Keith Lee. Everything about Keith Lee, his music, which everybody hated, his outfits, which everybody hated. Uh, it looked like when you edit a character on WWE 2K and you start making outfits for him, it's like, why would you do that? That's what the main, they, they did when they brought him to the main roster. Also, too, I don't like the manner in which he talks either. Uh, it's, it's slightly tweaked when he came to the main roster, and I'm, I'm just not a fan of it. He doesn't carry that same swagger, that same bravado that he had when he was in NXT. So it's almost like a shell of his former self. Now, how do you remedy that? Here's what you do. If you're going to break up uh, a certain pairing in another part of WWE, here's who you bring to, to help Keith Lee. You put you make Keith Lee a Paul Heyman guy, ASAP. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when Keith Lee starts getting stale with Paul Heyman, you bring in Brock Lesnar and repair Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman back together to do what? Give us what we wanted at the Royal Rumble That's and give weird. us Keith Lesnar. Yeah, because when Keith Lee beat Adam Cole, for the NXT champion, July 8th, American Best. I was, I was happy for him when he won the title. But, but ask me this, though. You watched, you watched the Royal Rumble when Brock was running a shot over everybody and Keith Lee came in there and we got that little glimpse of Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar. Were you not intrigued to see how that matchup would play out? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Wrestling hair guy. Were you there at the Royal Rumble? Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> you can see this man on camera. I think he was the first person that Edge gave a high five to. Ah <laughs> uh, shit! 
That was my best shot when Edge came out because I said, what the hell are you doing? Because Edge called you. Stop stop big leaking us, okay? <laughs> Just say Edge called you. He's you signed the Goodness gracious, man. <laughs> and um, it was in my home state. I couldn't miss the Royal Rumble. Sir Connor wrestling if the one getting off the Jericho cruise, I was getting off the Jericho cruise, had got on the airplane, got to Houston. Oh, shit. Speaking of big league. Yeah, I know. It's like, bro, what, what did you do? You say, hey, Jericho, man, I need a favor. I need you to dock right here because the Royal Rumble's coming in town. I know you guys got two more days of the Jericho cruise, but I got to get off this. I guess that happened. Yo, who, who's playing yeah, the tambourine? The thing I was shocked about about the Jericho, the Jericho Cruz when I was on there, MVP was on there. I didn't even know he was on the rumble. Oh wow! <laughs> it was a shocking to see him come out, and we were all drinking with him that night before the cruise was ended. This fucking rich guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I'm just going to say this to begin with. If you listen to the A10, you already know that we use language that's not safe for work. So, with that being said, turn it up a little bit louder so everybody else can hear the language that's being expressed through my views. (laughs) Well, I think maybe I give it a month. I give it a month that they dropped the ball on Keith Lee. What? Huh? Goodness gracious. You're giving up on them already? Hey, it's WWE. I mean, he's a big guy. And what does WWE do with a big guy? They dropped the ball on him like in a month. Umaga. Well, Umaga, uh, let's see. Took him a few months. Um, Strowman. Let's see. Took him three years. How long did it take him to get win a belt? Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, it's like uh, Big E. They just now pulling the, the plug on Big E. Like, not pulling the plug, but, you know, plugging them in, whatever saying it is. They're just not pushing them. Um, yeah, I give about mm, a month. A month, if they really wanted to, I give about three months to revisit Keith Lee and see what they can do there. But I'm pretty sure... Once this uh, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre feud is over with, or this love triangle, whatever it is, Keith Lee is probably going to go down to the um, mid-card or probably feud with Retribution because his uh, <clears throat> significant other is in that, in that group. And I have no idea what her name is. I don't think that's true. Like, I think, I think Keith Lee, um, he, yeah, man, they just, I think the best thing for him is to go and to at least start competing for that first title, and that's being the United States Championship. I mean, who would Bobby Lashley feud with? I mean, I would really expect that Paul Cruz to go back and get that title off of nah. Bobby Lashley? No. No, he's, he's, he's not going to do it with his teeth showing either. But, uh, yeah, now you mention it, Keith Lee oh, and Bobby so Lashley will, will be good. 
That's money. Yeah, it's it's money. And, it's not five star, but shit, it'd be damn near. And it gives a chance to let Bobby Lashley showcase uh, some of his skills without, you know, having a hold back or whatever, have another guy that he can uh, really just get in there and uh, wrestle with, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it would be a hard match and definitely a contest that Bobby Lashley hasn't been in in a long time. So if we're going to talk about the, the three most, the, the four most interesting people that he can face. We're talking Roman Reigns. Well, I'll, I'll go Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. Okay. About three people that he can face. Alright, alright. But if he faced like Roman Reigns, you know Roman Reigns is going to win. That's like that's my match little son. I mean, you know, it just depends on the length and time that he has the championship. Because the thing is, is that you know, it's just one of those things where if they're smart, there, there's ways just not to book. And there doesn't have to be a clear-cut winner. If you were to, to really make an impact, push Roman Reigns' limit and then give Keith Lee the draw. You know what I'm saying? Find a way to make it a draw. Because okay. the thing is, it creates more intrigue to go back and set up a rivalry. Thing is, WWE's not creative enough to actually do this. They live on 50 booking so hard that, like, they'll give you a few for three months where people go back. They'll let they'll let the heel win in the pay per views, but they'll let the babyface win on a weekly uh, TV. And we don't care at this point. You know, we already can predict who's going to win the match based upon the 50 50 booking. Yeah, because when I, Kofi Kingston won the title at WrestleMania 35 at Alice Call, he didn't have a long run with that title. He won it, and then like a couple months later, he lost it. They never had anybody that could be, and really, that time right there, they had they dropped a pure opportunity to give the title and the title shots to guys who were deserving. Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro. Uh, your Dolph Ziggler's again, even though Dolph did have a match with him. Uh, you know, there there's people, and I think that he and Big E should have had a match. I think that it should have told a story of Kofi sees something in Big E that people saw in him, so he wanted to reach down to give Big E that opportunity, and that brotherhood is why he's giving him the opportunity at the title shot. Because he wants him to have a t- not wait around for a title shot that he had to wait around for. Would have been a better story. Would have been more beautiful. And if Biggie beat Kofi, would have been a beautiful moment for the New Bay. Would have been an intriguing story. WWE's booking and the writing is horrible. Trash. Well, all right, folks. We are about to go into our first break. We'll be right back. Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Bad News Bond here, professional fighter. Just to tell you that you can get your very own Bad News Bond Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and go get it. ProWrestlingTees.com. Where all your pro wrestling t-shirt needs. Now buy the damn t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Play it loud. Alright folks, welcome back to the 810 podcast. And I am here 
once again, because they never really left, they just sat here with me. The belt guy and wrestling hair guy, aka Mr. Steal Your Girl, aka I'm probably going to buy your car a little bit later. Can you shop right now? That's why it's so quiet. <laughs> buy your car. I'll buy you out two cars. I'm Mr. Exactly. Buy Your Car. Oh, I'm Mr. Buy Your Car. And oh, look who it is. There's a big leader. Superstar. Leader is here. Turn off that sound in his background. Yeah, your background is kind of lavish there, sir. You talking about Million Dollar Man? Yeah, no, like both of y'all are the million dollar man. Y'all the million dollar dream team? Nah, nah. I ain't got no sound on my background. <laughs> nah. You and Wrestle Hair gotta be drinking uh, wine and caviar. <laughs> well, I am drinking. I'm drinking wine, but I vowed not to fall asleep like last time. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh. The interview, I had to take over the reins, me and Vaughn. Well, listen, I like to start by defending my case, okay? For anybody who listened to the podcast yesterday, last week, and thought, oh, the belt guy's a mortal man. Well, think again, you asshole. Every deity, every every lord, supreme, celestial being has to have to rest and stuff. Even Galactus, after he eats worlds, has to rest. What did Thanos do when he snapped half of the population away? He rested, okay? Thing is, don't compare me to you. I just had to get one day arrested and stuff, but I'm back, bitch. Oh my! Oh well, that was the uh, the uh, the 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 tombs of the uh, of the. Oh, that guy. was a sermon for. Uh, well, as I said, well, why don't you drink that MD twenty twenty wine? Huh? You goddamn right! I'm from Flint. You judgmental bastard! <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's what kids are baptized in in Michigan. <laughs> from Michigan come angry. Matter of fact, the whole Midwest come angry. Let's just put that out. What are you don't talking about, see. Leroy? I ain't angry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to generalize everybody for the Midwest. Yeah, they're, you're very... Cause it's all about the dirty South. South if you, you ain't never lived in the Midwest, you don't ever want to with that state that sits below us. Okay. I wouldn't want to live in the Midwest because I don't wear skinny jeans. Yo, whoa, yo, I'm going to have a personal attack. That was a personal attack like a motherfucker. Down there, down there in Texas, I think they invented the cut-off shorts. (laughs) (laughs) They invented the cut-off shorts. They did. Hey, yo, that's explanatory. Yeah, yeah, it's toes in the sand. But, um, man, anyway, Raw Underground, the Raw Underground's main event. I don't know if this is the main event of the show or not. This is the one that got caught was uh, Braun Strowman knocking out the bad guy from uh, Tony Jaws movie. Uh, I guess the uh, Elephant Protector, too. Um, so I guess Braun Strowman is all of a sudden in MMA. 
Um, he's in the he's in the he's in the sh- uh, sh- uh, what's it, the, the uh, shoot fighting league down there. Oh no! Don't call that shoot fighting league, Leroy. That's just that's mad. <laughs> that's what they're trying to make it as. That's mad. That's what they're trying to make it as. The sports like, and entertainment shoot fighting league. Oh man. Oh, man. Mad disrespectful, Monroe. I'm so sorry. Do not kill us. Nah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Derby's already doing that. I and I say, if you listen to this podcast and you want and you want to see some real uh, shoe fighting, uh, straight, you know, going back to the. I would say, name it's not even a throwback. It's a throwback to the modern, modern twist. You know, Bloodsport, Jasper Ness, Bloodsport, but it was created by. Matt Riddle. He had the idea and then he took it to Brett Lauderdale and Joy Janela and stuff. You know, so let me ask you, why, why haven't, if, why, it didn't make no sense to put Braun Strowman in there. Why just, why just not get Matt Riddle in there uh, and start doing that? Man, Shane Baszler and all the four horsemen in there. I don't know why do I have Matt Riddle in there. Yeah, I can tell you why. They, they would have to bring Ronda in to have a full horse Yeah, yeah, I mean, the three horsemen, my bad. I can tell you why Matt Riddle wasn't in there. I, I have a legit reason. Matt Riddle smoked some weed, and uh, it came to him and said, this shit looks stupid. I don't want to damage my re- reputation. So what reputation have Bro, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be the first to say this. I'm not a Matt Riddle fan. I don't believe in him yet. Sure. I just don't. Oh man, no! Like I, I follow Matt Riddle all the way from like UFC to the Indies and shit, and the dude is legit. I mean, I just like, I just like his style, he man. He wasn't, well, he wasn't legit in UFC. We know the record in UFC. He wasn't uh, there. He is. He is. Okay. So he has had a uh, a vendetta. I'll call it a vendetta. He's not the biggest fan. It's been a vendetta since. Vendetta. He was kind of scared of. He was kind of scared of Brock Lesnar when he had beef with Brock Lesnar. No, he wasn't. He ran on trouble. He had beef with him, but he didn't do nothing to Brock Lesnar, like not on camera or nothing. On shooting interviews, he said he wanted to be the first to beat Brock Lesnar. So, yo, listen, that's the interview. You're sitting there with somebody. The size of Brock Lesnar, so Brock Lesnar was in that dude's face. He would not be saying that. You know, you guys seen what happened with uh, Goldberg, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I heard what happened to him and Goldberg. Yeah. Okay, I seen Matt Riddle's face. Matt Riddle looked like he was high out of his mind. All right, he's walking around, you know, looking around probably. He runs right into fucking Goldberg. And you know they they get into a conversation, whatever like that. And um, you can see Matt Riddle's turning red. But I can tell you this from experience: Matt Riddle's high was blown. It was just blown to smithereens. All right. So he got sober right away. Yeah. So you know, and, and I always say that if my I got a blown high, I'm a pissed off guy. So I'm thinking Matt Riddle kept us cool for a bit. He's like, well. You know, I don't know if I want to go ahead and knock Goldberg out or not because my high just got blown. But I guess Sam Man also seen the same blown high and thank him for not knocking out Goldberg. 
I think they was about to get ready to tussle. Because you know him and Goldberg do not get along. Matt Riddle has been on state uh, has stated that Goldberg is not a good wrestler. Kind of agree with that one. Oh, yeah, he called out him, Booker T, and who else? Did he? I think he called one more person. He called out Booker T. Yeah, he called out Booker T. I remember it because Booker T was talking about it on his podcast. Oh man, what did Booker T said about well, it? He, he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, man, basically keep your name out my mouth, basically. That's basically what he said. Sucker. But, but here's the thing, though. <laughs> Okay, we know Goldberg is a good wrestler. Goldberg, I think Goldberg was one of the first people besides Hulk Hogan who invented the five moves of doom. Uh, the quick and, matches, yeah. Quick matches and stuff. Me too. So, but Goldberg, no, no, no. He had, he had a little bit more. Uh, his, his intensity behind everything, he, he had the greatest entrance in uh, sports entertainment. He had, uh, besides Ric Flair, he had the greatest interest. But I blame Goldberg for one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Bret Hart on Monday Nitro, uh, when he had kicked Bret Hart in the head and uh, ended Bret Hart's career. Yeah, that's what your brother said. Because I was going to say that you say Goldberg had the best interest in WCW? No, he just had a great interest, period. Now, I like DDP when he came out, like, at Beach Bash 97, I think. All that pyro he had. Shit, that shit was badass. Yo, DDP, yo, 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 yo. Kind of badass. I'm about to stop. Not trying to be me. The best, interest, <laughs> the best interest in WCW ever is Glacier. Hands down. Glacier, Glacier had it. Glacier had no interest. It, it's got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Goldberg. Uh, Hollywood Hogan. Uh, good thing Hollywood Hogan can't go to AEW events no more. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, rub it in, uh, 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 big league wrestling here, guys. Rub it in, man. Wow. What do you do, uh, big league? Uh, a million dollar man over there, ban Tony, Yeah, Tony Khan ban him. You know, you know, you know, you know, wrestling here guy went to dinner with Tony Khan. You know, he got some speech with him. You know, he went to this person. He said, "Don't give me." He said, "Don't give me no white claws. Give me a real beer." Oh, look, look, look! On our talking points, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through two more talking points real quick to move us to AEW Dynamite. Real quick, Raw Underground continues to be one of the lowest points of Monday Night Raw, and how, 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 how you become the lowest point of a show that's at the lowest point of a low point show? I do not know. It defies. It defies mathematics. There is no mathematical equation for how bad this show sucks. It's bad. Now, moving on to Impact. That show sucks just as much as Monday Night The fact that I want to tell you about the commercials that came on during Impact. Oh, shit. There's this product that I want to try that stretches out your back. And if you're a guy like me, you have lower back problems and stuff from football, lifting weights and stuff. So there's this thing that creates space in between your disc whenever you have herniated disc and stuff, and it creates space. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do a product review uh, probably not next week because I'll probably be recovering from my Vegas trip. Now, I want to take this time during my Impact Wrestling results to tell you about this Vegas trip that I got going on and tell you what's going to be happening. 
my impact review. Okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's just that? <happen>? Now, <laughs> this is my impact review. Okay. So now the belt guys landing in Vegas. Okay. And now I've heard that there's a botchery going to be going on this stuff. And so I wanted to drag this down to one of my friends is getting married. And so now we're having a second bachelor party. Congratulations to my boy, easy. He did a uh, nasty Leroy's, uh, entrance song. That the they, theme song and my walkout yeah, music that I'm going to use. We're trying to get him to do Vaughn's theme song that's coming soon. Now, listen, I get a message today that says, hey, man, I'll be ready for the debauchery. Here's what we got. We got three We got three girls in Vegas for 325. They're down to play these games, like interactive games like Ass Master. Listen to this. Here's the games that we're playing. Ass Master, Bark at the Pussy, Titty Time, Anal Ring Toss, and much, much more. Whoa. Wait, wait, mom! I am so, so sorry. I did not know. I, I swear to God, I did not know. Listen, listen, I am, I am not sorry. I'm going to Vegas. So what happens at Vegas? Stays in Vegas. It's going to be great. That is my impact results, right? Well, actually, for those who for for, for this sarcastic. Impact Wrestling Review. I actually did watch Impact. Oh, so God. I watched that in AEW. Uh, Can we move on to AEW? Well, we, we you already covered the Impact Wrestling Review, so let's let's just go ahead and uh, go right into AEW. Wait, 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 wait. Let me say this. Let me say this. What do you want to say? Let me say this. Wait, wait. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of what I saw, okay? Wait, we already did the Impact. We did Impact already. What I saw was Kylie Ray challenging for the Impact Knockouts World Title, and she lost. Also, we're back. We're back from break. Listen, I'll be in Vegas. I'm, I'm, I'm actually flying out Thursday night, and I'll oh be there. Thursday, next Thursday to Monday. Well, yeah, because I can get well, the uh, money. Where you, you going to Vegas? I just, Leroy was not with Wait, 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 I actually went to school out where Mayweather was from, out there in Grand Rapids. Oh, shit, bro. You're really from Grand Rapids? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the best boy yeah. in Detroit. I was in between Grand Rapids and Detroit. That's what happens when you're from Philadelphia, Mississippi. You try to... There you go. All right. Try to hate Let's go right into the AEW Wednesday Dynamite Reviews. Since we already covered the Impact Wrestling review. Well, I'm going to log out for the AEW because I didn't watch it. You're going to log out? What's your big tip? What? what? Hey. <laughs> you got, I didn't watch it here. I didn't watch the side of Mike. You got to stick around. We got Royal next. Oh, yeah. Cool. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, anyway. like, oh, okay. Okay. I'll see you with that. <laughs> I kind of forgot the first match. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll talk about Dynamite because I don't remember. All right, I watched Dynamite. What so the first, first match? match was the first match was Joey uh, ah, and yes. Sonny Kiss. The best. Okay. Versus uh, Miro and uh, Kip Sapien with uh, the seven, uh, the seven ranked uh, girl that I call you know Penelope Ford. Um, okay, Libra, I hate to interrupt you, but if you guys remember the conversation we had earlier off camera. When I said that Joey Janela is the Dolph Ziggler of AEW, did he not prove it tonight or what? He proved it. Yeah. He made he made like Merrill look a million bucks. But if I must, if I have to nick it, Merrill seemed like he hurt his leg. He looked like or, oh. it looked like it was pretty botchy. Like the whole match was kind of botchy. Yeah, he he he. Uh, I think he put all his weight on his right leg or his left leg. What are his legs? Here's the only thing I did not like. Okay. Here, here, here was my problem with this match, okay? You threw Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela, who is a tag team who have been consistently performing uh, during the quarantine, and they were formed together, and they've got some wins under their belt. You put them up against a newly formed tag team with Kip Saban, who had been out for a while during the quarantine. So this is only maybe his, this was, I think this was his first or second match back. Probably second. Yeah. And then Meryl, this is his first match back. So the thing is, you put them in there with a red-hot tag team, and the botches were caused because of the lack of chemistry and the ring rust with exactly. two people out of, out of the other two that was in there. That's the only reason that I say that. When you put Joey Janela, and even I get Sonny Kiss, I get Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss sells great, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, the thing is that that's all I'm saying about Joey, and this is not like to be biased or anything. But when I watch Joey's matches and stuff, even when we went through the whole thing with Brody Lee, Chris Jericho, uh, 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 who, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, Cabana. Uh, uh, the Rhodes. We're not. We're not gonna say Cole Cabana. Uh, John Mott. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is like he's just he's really consistent at making you feel the impact of some of the high impact moves that he gets put into and stuff. So he really does, he, he really reminds me of Dolph in that regards because it'll make you buy into a match that might be insignificant. Let's not forget about that match he had with Kenny Omega, the way he sold for him. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is like, you know, that, that match right there, like, even though that was, some people say that would be, be his coming out match on uh, AEW. It, but is it bigger than the one with him and John Moxley, though? No, nah, I think the one that John Moxley won was the the like it's not not the not the uh, one he did a uh, was it uh, fire 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 pass? Not that one. The one on Dynamite that he had. Uh, was that the one he came out the water onto the table? Yeah, I think that was the one he went to the table. This is like on Dynamite. I think he was wearing trunks or something. Yeah, this is on Dynamite. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I, I saw that. Was March? Yeah. yeah, that was March. That was March. Yeah, March of last year. Yeah, but I, I say all that to say that that match was a good match to set up the whole pairing of Miro and Kit Saban. You know. I mean, it was really, it wasn't nothing really special about that match, except for it was a well-contested match with some great selling in that match. Other than that, you know, it 
it really just we'll see what happens, what develops between these two teams and stuff. What was the next match? Uh, I can even get my opinion out, but all right. Oh, what's your opinion, bro? What's your opinion, man? Go ahead. Uh, right, my my opinion on the situation. I was I was saying it off off Cameron off the podcast. Well, I you know I would I would get frustrated about where what what they're doing with him, but of course you know Joey being the genius that he is, he's like he kind of he cares but he doesn't care. So it's like. But he has a good situation. Like you you said off camera that he's untouchable. He's got a spring break. If he was ever to leave the company, he still could be financially good on himself, you know. Then you got then you got me and him as a duo and stuff. Oh outside AEW. Go strike up the big league, Connor D. No. Oh, what I'm saying is he's got he's got multiple stuff he can do, but I don't understand like why does he always get in these tag matches and he can like all right on dark he can, he can win but on dynamite he can never buy a win I, I don't i don't get it but but i see what you're saying with the dog when i watched it tonight i see what you're saying like he can make anybody look good like kip sabian kip sabian's all right but you know he he can make kip sabian look good he can even make miro even that miro kind of like i know he like his he put some uh, press on his left or right leg, and he still was able to look make Miro look like a beast. Him right. and Sonny. Right. So. All right, we'll Dad. move on to the next match. Was uh, Evil Uno against Hangman Adam Page. Uh, hey, by the way, was... shout out hey. to Evil Uno for not accepting our invite to join the Dark Order. <laughs> I ain't joining no Dark Order. <laughs> This was actually Evil Uno's coming out, man. This was a very good match for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pulled off his ability. Yeah, and then the fact that he sent the whole Dark Order back. Shout out to Anna J for looking good out there. Shout out to our boy Alan Angels. You know, all the other boys that's out there in the Dark Order that we know. You know, um, Anna J was looking good, you know. Still looking, and she's actually looking like a beast, especially after she choked out Brandy for the second time. Yo, you know? can I just say this about her facial expressions that she made? I was, I was like, I was happy about that because I remember when she barely did even make facial expressions when he had her future matches. So she's definitely improved by being in there, by having the the, the Wall of Legends helping her out and all the people backstage. She's improved her character and stuff. So. You know, I, I, hope, I hope Dean Malenko's helped her with that stone face because Dean Malenko had one of the most serious oh, yeah. faces in the, in the you know, that was one of my favorite wrestlers, the man of a thousand holes. By the way, Dean Malenko is currently holding the uh, DDT Ironman Championship as we speak. Mm-hmm. It's on Sammy Guevara's blog, too, so. If you want to know what the story is in that, go watch Sammy Kavar's blog. He took he took the DDT championship from Joey, and he took the, another championship from Sammy. So that's crazy. Two belts. But yeah, that, that belt is defended in Japan, twenty four seven title. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this though, that match really was a good match because uh, and here here's the things that made that match intriguing for me. I don't. 
Adam Page looked good in this match. Uh, and I'm glad that he's finally a singles competitor again because now he's able to kind of not have to live in that Kenny Omega shadow and feed off of Kenny. He can just really showcase his uh, abilities. As his a cowboy toughness, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, I like Kenny Omega's commentary because Kenny played that kind of middleman, kind of could be the cleaner, kind of could just be Kenny Omega type deal. It was just a very indifferent commentary and stuff. And then Evil Uno's performance actually in that match, he just he really did a good job in that match. It was a solid match, very good match. Mm-hmm. The way Evil Uno, the Evil Uno uh, pushed back the Dark Order to go to the back. You think, along with Cocabetta, could we see a face turn a little bit? No, I think that Evil Uno is the guy who will be facing Cocabetta. Okay. When... He's 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 the he's like they said he's the mouthpiece. He's the he's the second in command. He's the one who's keeping everybody in order when Brody Lee is doing his own thing. You know, he's the the what you call it, the capo. If you will. Whatever you do, don't go on his Twitch and ask him for the plug your podcast. So. <laughs> That's a no no. Mm. All right, what we got next? Who's next? Um, well, we will see when we come back from break. Yeah, yeah. Play it loud. All right, welcome back. We are here. With the wrestling hair guy, the belt guy, and Nasty Leroy, who decided to, to, to take his time for his team break. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about Mr. Brody Lee versus Orange Cassidy. I really like this match. It was uh, hard-hitting. I like how Orange Cassidy plays the character, um, playing mind games to Mr. Brody Lee, but in the end, it did not work out for him. What do you guys think about this match? I thought the match um, was good. Um, my dad's a big fan of Orange Cassidy. He was pulling for Orange Cassidy. Nancy was senior. He was watching it with me. So um, it was a good. It was a good. It was a good battle. Um, he had, you know, of course, do some Superman punches on Dark Order and stuff. You know, I think you'll see him contend for a championship soon. I just don't think they right now they're gonna have him with the TNT title. I know. I want to see him compete for a champion, uh, a championship soon. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Three, th- hey, three things I want to touch on on this match real quick. I don't know how Brody Lee made it out of that first segment with some of the most lethal kicks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that dude right there is to, like, really have himself checked because those were some vicious kicks. Number no, two. No still, um, yeah, no cell blood. We did not sell those kids. Number two, the best friends, their pieces of shit. Orange Cassidy saved them last week. He did, they did not come up and save their friend this week. That needs to be addressed. Number three, welcome back, Cody Rose. I like your new look. Wrestling hair guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I haven't fell asleep yet. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm listening. But I really didn't watch the match. I watched when Broly Lee was fighting him. But it's like Broly Lee is 
over, like trying to go over him a lot, you know, how he's fighting, you know. You know. And then when they, Mr. Broly Lee, I don't know why they call him Mr. Broly Lee. They should just call him Broly Lee. Don't let Broly they Lee hear that. They should call him Grandpa Broly Lee or something, yeah. Don't, don't let Mr. Broly Lee hear that. Well, I already joined the Dark Order, so if you haven't joined the Dark Order, go to jointhedarkorder.com. So you think you already you know the call the man, Mr. Brody Lee. Oh, I forgot you're rich. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here's one thing. Cody did come back. He is sporting the uh, his original hair look, whatever, uh, from many, many years ago. But here's the thing, though. It looks like Brody Lee... And Cody are going to get ready to do a dark a dog collar match. I don't know when or soon. Cody's supposed to give my answer next week. What do you guys think about the upcoming dog collar match between Mr. Brody Lee and Cody? I think we're gonna see that match at like full gear, maybe. That dog collar match. They're gonna build it up. Full gear. What are they? What are they? You think they go see your full gear, not dynamite? No, no. It's, uh, it's, it's, that's, that's a pay per view kind of match. It's gonna be bloodshed. Um, yeah, that's a good build. October's away. You know, um, a few weeks away. You know, after that is November. And yeah, it takes time. It takes time, and it's gonna be a quick build to that match. So yeah, I can definitely see it at full gear early uh, November. Okay. Yeah, full gear is in November, right? Yeah. November 7th. Okay, yeah. That's a good build, yeah. All right, we're in the grand, so we'll see you in that full gear. All right. So let's... If, if, you're not, if you're not in your couch watching it, you'll be there present. All right, wrestling hair guys over you here flexing. So um, anyway, let's get into the main event. I like this main event, by the way. Not because I want a five-man blood sport, but man, this is the reason. Eddie Kingston and his knife-ass chops. Oh, Lord, they sound like gunshots, and I hit, got on the floor, and wait for him to stop shooting, because that boy can strike. I'm telling you, I love this match. I wish he would have went over. What do you guys think about this match? I personally, you know, anybody knows, or any, if you don't know, um, I you know I like all different styles, but my favorite two styles in pro wrestling today, or that pro wrestling today, but it's in general, or uh, the British style and the Japanese style. And I do like when two strikers, not brawlers, two strikers, like Kingston or Moxley go at it, especially when they're familiar with each other. And, and guys like that can tell a story with their strikes, can set a story with their movements. They all have to do is you put the camera on their face, and then the the strikes tell the story in their face, and you know, A King's is the storyteller, and so is Moxley. And when you put those guys together, you have a recipe for success. And I thought it was a great match. The ending was good because now we know uh, that John Moxley needs to get back uh, Kingston and the Lucha Bros and Team Taz member. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage and all of them. I think it was a great series. So, sucks that Eddie Kingston didn't get the World War title, but I'm glad I got to see the match I wanted to see for a while. Since CZW days. All right. Uh, uh, Eddie Kingston, man. 
the promo leading up to that bought me into the match. The physical match sold me of the match. Ricky Starks beer on fucking Darby Allen put me over because he folded that dude up like a lawn chair. And uh, you know the thing is, I love, I, I love the, I love the way that that whole thing ended. And I actually can't wait to see the Lucha Bros actually do a little bit more because they're probably one of my favorite tag teams. But the match was fantastic. I think that was that's that's more of the matches we need to see uh John Moxley in. He doesn't sell wrestling matches. He sells hard hitting brawls. Yeah. Straight fight. And that, yeah. that and, can, and you know what? It legitified Eddie Kingston as a top to, uh contender. Um, it sold him as a threat, maybe not for the, the AEW title, but at least for the team. Mm. Like okay, yeah, this guy is a threat, and he needed to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to see him get a real title shot, though. Like not just a filling title shot, a real title shot with a story behind it. Right. I I, yeah. I totally agree with that one. All right, folks, we are about to go in the break, and uh, when we come back to break, we will have a uh, royal on the uh, as our guest. And then uh, when we come back from break. All right. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Play it loud. All right. Welcome back to the 810 Podcast. I am joined with Nasty Leroy, Belt Guy, Wrestling Hair Guy, and we just got a guest. Uh, Royal, how you doing? Hi. I'm doing good. How is everyone doing tonight? We're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Um, I understand that you're um, currently injured right now? Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm currently injured and out. Okay. All right. Well, what kind of injury is it? So, apparently, I I guess it's considered a fracture and a tear. So, the or a break, I, I don't know. The tip of my finger separated from the joint. And the tendon that was connecting it also separated. So I technically, I guess it's a break, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Uh, And how long are you out for? So I currently have pins in my finger and I have to keep those in for a minimal of six weeks. And then after that, they're going to see how my fingers do without the pins. And that's going to be a minimum of four weeks. So I'm looking at about a minimum of 10 weeks of no action. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Well, I'm training no way, no nothing. Right. Nothing that involves my, my actually my whole left hand because they don't want any type of stress or anything to um, make the pins move or mess up the tendon because they're really concerned about the tendon. I mean, obviously they're concerned about like the bone actually joining, but the fact that the tendon that was actually making my finger function the correct way was just hanging. <laughs> They're like, yeah, that's not cool. Your finger would have never healed. You would have always been in pain. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I actually met Royal back, I want to say it was 2018. So I think when I first met Royal, I Nancy Leroy's debut match at One Fall Wrestling. Royal, you were the ring announcer, correct? Yes. So now that means that Royal gets to uh, come back as a ring announcer. But 
the thing is not to sell you short or anything. You sang the national anthem too, and you won national anthem at the first AEW pay per view, uh, which was big. Yeah. Uh, very huge. Uh, describe that moment real quick. What was that like for you? So I was terrified, and it was it was strange because I mean I I sing. I have a degree in music. I sing opera. I've performed around the world. So one would think I wouldn't be nervous. However, uh, first of all, the national anthem is a very difficult song to sing. And it was more than just my reputation on the line. It was also my school's reputation, my trainer's reputation, because he trusted me to go out there <laughs> and I'm actively representing the school. So it's just like Royal Don't F Up. And this is like the biggest <laughs> indie wrestling show of the year. And at the time, I didn't understand the magnitude until I walked out on stage and I saw the camera in my face. And that's when it got real because, yes, there's 10,000 people there, which they told me, by the way, that I wouldn't um, be able to see anyone. I felt like I saw everyone and their souls. Like, it was not how they said it was going to be. But when that camera was in my face, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So not only are the people here going to witness this, there's going to be people at home. And this is recorded. So chances are it can be played over and over. I can be the next Fergie. I don't want to be the next Fergie. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I did it. It wasn't the best um, anthem that I sang. I actually don't like it. I feel like it could have been way better. But when anyone critiques it, I'm just like, hey, if you can go out there and sing in front of 10,000 people, plus because there's pay-per-view whatever then i'm like sure go for it but i think i did a pretty good job for being nervous and also scared by the pyro because i forgot they told me there was going to be pyro and that scared me <laughs> yeah that was in chicago right yes chicago's such a tough crowd you know being a midwest guy you know what chicago's about in chicago mm -hmm. football baseball basketball hockey and wrestling that is what they love. They love their sports. So mm -hmm. that's true. True. Yeah, I was present there. I was present there. I saw her. I was emotional for you when I saw you come on. Really? You, yeah, I was there present. <gasps> How did it sound to you? It sounded nice. Like the like AEW when they like their mics are when they first started, they're like their mics were like off, like kind of off, you know? Yeah. So when they, when you were up there, it sounded pretty nice, you know? Uh, thank you. I yeah. think it was, this is one thing I can say, and this is what I do with wrestling and in music. One thing that I set out to my mission, or um, some people may say life, as, life um, what is it called? Life altering questions? No, 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 no. It's a mission statement or something. Yeah. yeah. One thing is I want to make a difference. I want to touch someone. And even if what I'm seeing, which is something that I learned, obviously, because with singing the opera, I'm singing in multiple different languages. So there's going to be people that's going to listen and they're not going to know what I'm saying, but I want them to feel it. So even if, in my opinion, my answer was janky, I wanted people to feel that, hey, we're coming together to do something great. 
And while many people have different opinions about America at that time and now, we're still a nation that's coming together to support something that we love. And the people in that room were supporting the dream that the Young Bucks and Cody and and um, Kenny, I think he was part of it time. And then at the time, they didn't know, but Jericho and Tony Khan, like all these people that are coming together to make this dream happen and all the wrestlers that were on the roster were going all in on their dream of pro wrestling. So we made a, sorry? No, I said because when I was there, president and everything, there was people from different countries around there. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then they were, and then the, this Russian guy looked at me, he says, we don't stand when we do the America. Uh, when we do our anthem, we don't stand. Do y'all guys stand? I say, yeah, that's why we all stand, you know. And we yeah. put our right hand on our heart. And he says, that's weird. We don't do that in Russia <laughs> or in China. He's like, and I had a Chinese guy that came flew from China all the way here, and he says, yeah, uh, it's disrespectful for our flag to be shown like on TV, you know. Really? He said it's like different country. Like I was sitting around like around like different people that flew in that came to the show, you know? So and you see, it brought a lot of people. Yeah, they were shocked because they said America's kinda weird because y'all stand for your American anthem. And I said <laughs> and then and then Some when I see them, and when now yeah, and now when I go to pay per views and I see the people from like the same ones I saw from the first pay per view. They understand it now, and then they said, "Why do people kneel down now?" And then oh. they don't understand what happened now. And then right. I explained to them, and then they said, "Well, kneeling down in our country is like disrespectful." I said, "Well, it's a long story not to tell y'all, you know, what happened here, you know." And then some of them don't make eye contact when they talk to you, you know. They just like, like they just look away, you know. Yeah. Well. I'm just glad that it brought everyone together, and I really hope that they felt it too. And thank you for complimenting my anthem. <laughs> yeah. So, Roy, how long how long you been wrestling? Uh I so this question is tricky for me because I I took breaks, so I believe, and I feel weird because I feel like I'm probably the only wrestler that doesn't remember exactly when she started i remember my first match date but i believe i started around the first of december of 2018 i mean sorry 2017 so technically let's just count january of 2018 so that would you would think it would be about two years almost three but i think there was a time where I took almost like six months off, maybe four months off, and then maybe another here and there because of work. So the cumulative time of me actually wrestling and training is less than two years. Right. Right. Okay. Go ahead, Leroy. All right. uh, Royal. All right. So I've seen you uh, since you came to the back when it was a power factory. Yeah. You know, you know, and um, just like, just like anybody else, uh, I'm there to help and, you know, if anybody needs anything to like, you know, talk or whatever. So I've seen you progress and get better and evolve your skills like this as a character, as 
as a uh, as a promo, just in general, and evolve your stuff. And I, you know, just like I said to Anna, and I'm proud of both of you, because I remember, you know, anybody knows, I didn't give her, the, I don't want to say not time of day, but I was like, it wasn't like the uh, easy fit. But <laughs> what I'm getting on to is when I saw you in the Battle Royal, the All In, the, I think All Out Battle Royal, mm-hmm. was when I saw you in there, I was like, all right, Royal's going to get in there, she's going to last for a little while. And then I see you, and then you get in there, and then you get eliminated. I'm like, what? It's like, quickly, I'm like, what? What is going on? <laughs> now, from a person that's been on, uh, I've never been in the ring for as like in a big pay-per-view atmosphere. I've, you know, I've been on TV, but I've been on pay-per-view for GCW and stuff. So when you got it to the point of you're in there with all these girls, all these different experience levels and people from different uh, promotions and stuff. We can just say this right out because, you know, I'm, you know, I can just shoot with this question. Um, I think personally, when you got in the, in the Battle Royal, they didn't like that, you know, you're the, you're the person that not only won the first female to be there, uh, American Dream Scholarship person, but I received this opportunity and was ready to take this opportunity to, to all the people, even that some of them been on TV, some of them haven't. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a couple of them say, you know what, let's just uh, eliminate her, you know, real quickly so she can't get the momentum, you know, because right. you know, it's a little jealousy. I ain't gonna lie. It's a little, it's a little you know, the veterans were like, hey, you know, some of the veterans, I don't think it's, I think it's the in between people that they've been in there four, five, six years, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is push way <laughs> Right when the commentator was putting you over, I know he was putting they, me they over. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I always forget about that part. So that's not really a question. I just had to put that in there. Well, I um, appreciate you for understanding. Yeah, I that was. It was really bittersweet because I was just as surprised as you when I was eliminated. I can say that. <laughs> um, yeah, your face looked like it. Yep. I yeah, it was definitely a shocker for real, for real. But it was tough because I did feel like I had a lot to prove because I think I was the only girl there where a lot of people wouldn't really know about me. And they made sure people wouldn't know about me. So I still feel like I have a lot to prove because you're right. Right when commentary is putting me over, they put me over the top rope. And I'm like, oh, no, my story doesn't end with the commentator. Trust that. <laughs> but didn't somebody appear on AEW Dark a little later on? I did. I thought I was going yeah. to get revenge. Because Nyla was the one that eliminated me. <laughs> we might be revisiting that feud. Uh, I know that you've been putting in work to get back with that. You've been working mm-hmm. out doing a workout series during the quarantine with uh, who's the girl you've been working out with on Instagram Live? The Stallion Baby, Rain Rivers. <laughs> I've seen y'all doing y'all thing. and uh, how, So how what was your goals for training and like what were you? What was your approach for training? Because 
like I like like I said, I met you as a ring announcer and stuff. So I saw you as a ring announcer. I saw you do your thing as a referee. I knew that you sang and stuff. And then when I saw you doing your area competitor stuff, I saw you start doing more of your actual training in the gym. So what's your goal when you're in the gym? And like, what's what's going to be your goal when you return? When you get back in the uh, gym working out and stuff? Oh, so the goal at that time is different than my goal now. So at that time, I was really missing, like, wrestling. And I was going through some personal things that were kind of, like, just messing me up mentally and emotionally. And just like a lot of people, quarantine was helping me gain weight. It wasn't helping me do anything else. So... Um, Rain, she is super motivating. Like, she is like, well, you know what? Life may suck, and it may be on pause, but we can get that body snatched. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I don't have to let my body go just because I'm not wrestling and just because I feel like people aren't paying attention. So she's actually, like, the person that was like, hey, you can do this. And so she was actually helping me. Um, Yes, we were doing it together, but she was more of a help to me than she realized. So that was the beginning. So then now, I guess, while I'm training, and even now, like, while I technically can't do anything with my hand, you know, I can do a lot of lower body things, whatever. I want to, when I return, I want to be a force to be reckoned with. Because before um, this COVID-19 situation, pandemic or whatever, I was literally making like a lot of headway in on the wrestling scene. People were really realizing my name, knowing what I was. I mean, I had a complete revamp. Like I changed my gear, everything, you know. And where I was wrestling, people began to pay attention. Excuse me, they were paying attention. And then COVID hit. And then I started getting bookings again, and I'm starting to pick up traction again, and then this injury happened. Well, after this, there's no going back. Like, people are going to be forced to know about me. So that's why I'm, like, hitting the gym and everything now. Like, no no excuses. You're going to see me. You're going to hear me. And this is going to make me stronger. Here's something that I have to say on a personal level. When I first attended the one fall event and uh, Nasty Leroy's uh, debut match against QT, uh, it was a great time. And the one thing that I did notice amidst all the trash talk that we were doing that day, was, uh, <laughs> we did, we talked about trash. If you were there, you knew yeah. the whole damn time. But uh, you had a presence, and uh, your presence is one that became noticeable that even no matter what role that you play in the organization, you still like to leave a lasting presence. Now, the thing about you and Leroy, tell me about your uh, the, the, the whole culture of One Fall Wrestling, now the Nightmare Factory. Uh, I'll let Leroy answer after you. But uh, tell me about that culture and stuff, because you guys really do seem like a family. Yeah, I really do feel like... It's a family. That was the reason why I really chose that school. I saw, well, so the true reason why I just went ahead and chose that school because I didn't go to any other wrestling school. You know how people say you need to go around and 
just test out some things before you make your final decision. I did not. But it was QT Marshall. His patience with something like me, Leroy, and even with advanced people, his patience was in, like incredible. And he had a way of breaking down things to where anybody could understand it. And to me, I'm like, that's what I need. I need patience and I need someone to break it down with me and make sure I get it right. Like there's sometimes who will make us do it over over in a row, but we got it right. Whereas there's some places, if you don't get it the first three times, they move on to someone else because there's like other people. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's what you have to do. But that's why I decided to stay. And then after that, I realized that the people were just really chill. And a lot of people, I mean, like, they care. They actually care about you. And while it is a competitive field, I didn't feel like someone was gunning for my demise, you know? Right. And Leroy was, like, one of the first to really, like, talk with me and encourage me because there were quite a few times there where I'm like, I don't know if I have what it takes. Like, I, well, I knew, like, I want to do it. But there were just times where I'm just like, mm, people lying to me, and he would be like, look, you're a nasty hottie for a reason. <laughs> so it is a family. It's a, it's a good place. You have to work hard, though. You know, a lot of people have that, misconception of oh well since you go there and now it's associated with AEW you're going to automatically get spots. No. I can honestly say that a lot of people that have gotten spots on AEW Dynamite or Dark or whatever they worked hard for it. And and I have to say a, a lot like I don't know all of them but the ones that I do know they worked for it. Regardless of how I feel about them I know that they worked for it. And QT rewards hard work. And I will always respect him for that. And and him and Glacier were the like foundations. So the fact that they took time and invested in me, I'm just like, you know what? Not a lot of people would do that in the business. And I respect it. That is still funny that you said that is the most nasty Leroy and Curtis. <laughs> You know, you're a nasty hottie for a reason. You know, that, that's the one thing he said. He said, hey, uh, when you come up there, man, you got to see this girl. Her name's Royal. Man, she, you know, there's a reason she's a nasty hottie. And you're going to see, I think she's a good pick. And before he even said, yo, that's Royal. I already knew who he was talking about. I said, wow. I said, this freaking guy right here. Aww. Got good picks. You put yourself over, why don't you? The go on what she's saying about the power factories uh, now known as the Nightmare Factory. Um, QT is one of those guys, and I'm just QT. I, I like to say that um, even that, you know, I've, you know, I've been there the longest. Uh, when new people come in, I like to because uh, I know how it is when I came, when I come and go on multiple schools, like when I went to all different trainers, you know, your your first day, and you, you would hope somebody bring you in or be cool with you. And nobody really 
nobody really did that. I mean, there was a couple people who did that at other schools, but then they would do their own thing. So, but when Royal came in, I just was like, I just like, it, it something caught my eye about like, it's all like our presence, like her, it was something, it was something about her. I didn't even know her, though. I was like, it's something about her. Um, and so what I, and not only that with Anna Jay is like, uh, she was she was cool, you know, and everybody was trying to talk to her because, of course, she obviously her beauty and stuff. And now it is that royal and stuff too. But I, what I was seeing, I was seeing them as uh, not only as trainees and people. I just want to get to know them as people. So what I did is like when she would talk about how um, I remember one time she was like, "Oh, I'm not as pretty as so and so," and I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" Look at yourself. Like, what, what did you? What did you talk about? Look, take a picture. I don't. I don't know what you. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I don't see it. You know. So, and I'd be like, you can't compare yourself to other people. How pretty you are, because there's a lot of guys that's on like you. It's like, for example, I'll use this example. Um, All right, welcome back to the Eight One O Podcast. I am joined with Nasty Leroy, Belt God wrestling here guys and we just got a guest uh royal how you doing hi i'm doing good how is everyone doing tonight we're doing pretty good we're doing pretty good um i understand that you're um, currently injured right now yeah unfortunately i'm currently injured and out okay all right what kind of injury is it so apparently, I I guess it's considered a fracture and a tear. So the or a break, I I don't know. The tip of my finger separated from the joint, and the tendon that was connecting it also separated. So I technically, I guess it's a break. I guess. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and how long are you out for? So I currently have pins in my finger, and I have to keep those in for a minimal of six weeks. And then after that, they're going to see how my fingers do without the pins, and that's going to be a minimum of four weeks. So I'm looking at about a minimum of ten weeks of no action. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm training no way, no nothing. Right. Nothing that involves my my actually my whole left hand because they don't want any type of stress or anything to um make the pins move or mess up the tendon because they're really concerned about the tendon i mean obviously they're concerned about like the bone actually joining but the fact that the tendon that was actually making my finger function the correct way was just hanging <laughs> they're like yeah that's not cool your finger would have never healed you would have always been in pain i'm like oh okay great so I actually met Royal back, I want to say it was 2018. So I think when I first met Royal at Nancy Leroy's debut match at One Fall Wrestling, Royal, you were the ring announcer, correct? Yes. So now that means that Royal gets to uh, come back as a ring announcer. But the thing is, not to sell you short or anything, you sang the national anthem too, and you won't national anthem at the first AEW pay-per-view uh which was big yeah very huge uh describe that moment real quick what was that like for you so i was terrified and it was it was 
strange because I mean, I I sing. I have a degree in music. I sing opera. I've performed around the world. So one would think I wouldn't be nervous. However, uh, first of all, the national anthem is a very difficult song to sing. And it was more than just my reputation on the line. It was also my school's reputation, my trainer's reputation, because he trusted me to go out there <laughs> and I'm actively representing the school. So he's just like, Royal Don't F up. And this is like the biggest indie wrestling show of the year. And at the time, I didn't understand the magnitude until I walked out on stage and I saw the camera in my face. And that's when it got real because, yes, there's 10,000 people there, which they told me, by the way, that I wouldn't um, be able to see anyone. I felt like I saw everyone and their souls. Like, it was not how they said it was going to be. But when that camera was in my face, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So not only are the people here going to witness this, there's going to be people at home. And this is recorded. So chances are it can be played over and over. I can be the next Fergie. I don't want to be the next Fergie. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, But I did it. It wasn't the best um, anthem that I sang. I actually don't like it. I feel like it could have been way better. But when anyone critiques it, I'm just like, hey, if you can go out there and sing in front of 10,000 people, plus because there's pay-per-view whatever then i might sure go for it but i think i did a pretty good job for being nervous and also scared by the pyro because i forgot they told me there was going to be pyro and that scared me <laughs> yeah that was in chicago right yes chicago's such a tough crowd you know being a midwest guy you know what chicago's about in chicago mm-hmm. football baseball basketball hockey and wrestling that is what they love. They love their sports. So mm-hmm. that's that true. Time. True. Yeah, I was present there. I was present there. I saw her. I was emotional for you when I saw you come on. Really? You, yeah, I was there present. <gasps> How did it sound to you? It sounded nice. Like the like AEW when they like their mics are when they first started. they like their mics were like off, like kind of off. You know? Yeah. So when they, when you were up there, it sounded pretty nice, you know? Uh, thank you. I yeah. think it was, this is one thing I can say, and this is what I do with wrestling and in music. One thing that I set out to my mission, or um, some people may say life, as, life um, what is it called? Life altering questions? No, 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 no. It's a mission statement or something. Yeah. yeah. One thing is I want to make a difference. I want to touch someone. And even if what I'm seeing, which is something that I learned, obviously, because with singing the opera, I'm singing in multiple different languages. So there's going to be people that's going to listen and they're not going to know what I'm saying, but I want them to feel it. So even if, in my opinion, my answer was janky, I wanted people to feel that, hey, we're coming together to do something great. And while many people have different opinions about America at that time and now, we're still a nation that's coming together to support something that we love. And the people in that room were supporting the dream that the Young Bucks and Cody and 
and um, Kenny, I think he was part of it time. And then at the time, they didn't know, but Jericho and Tony Khan, like all these people that are coming together to make this dream happen, and all the wrestlers that were on the roster were going all in on their dream of pro wrestling. So we made a sorry. No, I said because when I was there, president and everything, there was people from different countries around there. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then they were, and then the, this Russian guy looked at me. He says. We don't stand when we do the America, uh, when we do our anthem. We don't stand. Do y'all guys stand? I say, yeah, that's why we all stand, you know? And we yeah. put our right hand on our heart. And he says, that's weird. We don't do that in Russia <laughs> or in China. He's like, And I had a Chinese guy that came through from China all the way here. And he says, yeah, it's disrespectful for our flag to be shown like on TV, you know? Really? He said it's like different country. Like I was sitting around like around like different people that flew in that came to the show, you know? So you see, it's all a lot of people. Yeah, they were shocked because they said America's kinda weird because y'all stand for your American anthem. And I said <laughs> and then and then Some when I see the, and then now yeah, and now when I go to pay per views and I see the people from like the same ones I saw from the first pay per view. They understand it now, and then they said, "Why do people kneel down now?" And then oh. they don't understand what happened now. And then right. I explained it to them, and then they said, "Well, kneeling down in our country is like disrespectful." I said, "Well, it's a long story not to tell y'all, you know, what happened here, you know." And then some of them don't make eye contact when they talk to you, you know. They just like, like they just look away, you know. Yeah. Well. I'm just glad that it brought everyone together, and I really hope that they felt it too. And thank you for complimenting my anthem. <laughs> yeah. So, Roy, how, how long you been wrestling? Uh, I so this question is tricky for me because I I took breaks, so I believe and I feel weird because I feel like I'm probably the only wrestler that doesn't remember exactly when she started i remember my first match date but i believe i started around the first of december of 2018 i mean sorry 2017 so technically let's just count january of 2018 so that would you would think it would be about two years almost three but i think there was a time where I took almost like six months off, maybe four months off, and then maybe another here and there because of work. So the cumulative time of me actually wrestling and training is less than two years. Right. Right. Okay. Go ahead, Leroy. All right. uh, Royal. All right. So I've seen you uh, since you came to the back when it was a power factory. Yeah. You know, you know, and um, just like, just like anybody else, uh, I'm there to help and, you know, if anybody needs anything to like, you know, talk or whatever. So I've seen you progress and get better and evolve your skills like this as a character as a uh, as a promo just in general and evolve your stuff and i you know just like i said dan and i'm proud of both of you because i remember you know anybody knows i didn't give her i don't want to say not time of day but i was like 
it wasn't like an easy fit. But <laughs> getting on to is when I saw you in the Battle Royal, the All In, the, I think All Out Battle Royal, mm-hmm. was when I saw you in there, I was like, all right, Royal's going to get in there, she's going to last for a little while. And then I see you, and then you get in there, and then you get eliminated. I'm like, what? It's like quickly, I'm like, what? What is going on? <laughs> now, from a person that's been on, uh, I've never been in the ring for as like in a big pay-per-view atmosphere. I've, you know, I've been on TV, but I've been on pay-per-view for GCW and stuff. So when you got it to the point of you in there with all these girls, all these different experience levels and people from different uh, promotions and stuff, we can just say this right out because, you know, I'm, you know, I can shoot with this question. Um, I think personally, when you got in the, in the Battle Royal, they didn't like that, you know, you're the, you're the person that not only won the first female to be there, uh, American Dream Scholarship person, but I received this opportunity and was ready to take this opportunity to, to all the people, even that. Some of them been on TV, some of them haven't. I think, you know, a couple of them say, you know what, let's just uh, eliminate her, you know, real quickly so she can't get the momentum, you know, because right. you know, it's a little jealousy. I ain't going to lie. It's a, little, it's a little, you know, the veterans were like, hey, you know, some of the veterans, I think it's, I think it's the in-between people that they've been in there four, five, six years, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's just push away out. <laughs> right when the commentator was putting you over. I know, he was putting me over. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I always forget about that part. So that's not really a question. I just had to put that in there. Well, I appreciate you for understanding. Yeah, I, that was, it was really bittersweet because I was just as surprised as you when I was eliminated. I can say that. <laughs> um, yeah, your face looked like it, yeah. I, yeah, it was definitely a shocker, for real, for real. But it was tough because I did feel like I had a lot of proof because I think I was the only girl there where a lot of people wouldn't really know about me. And they made sure people wouldn't know about me. So I still feel like I have a lot to prove because you're right right when commentary is putting me over they put me over the top rope and i'm like oh no my story doesn't end with the commentator trust that <laughs> but didn't somebody appear on aw dark a little later on i did I was get to. yeah i yeah. thought i was gonna get revenge because nyla was the one that eliminated me <laughs> we might be revisiting that feud uh, I know that you've been putting in work to get back with that. You've been working out and doing a workout series during the quarantine with uh, who's the girl you've been working out with on Instagram Live? The Stallion Baby, Rain Rivers. <laughs> I've seen y'all doing y'all thing, and uh, how, so how what was your goals for training, and like what were you? What was your approach for training? Because like I like like I said, I met you as a ring announcer and stuff, so. I saw you as a ring announcer. I saw you do your thing as a referee. I knew that you sang and stuff. And then when I saw you doing your area competitor stuff, I saw you start doing more of your active training in the gym. So what's your goal when you're in the gym? And like, what's what's going to be your goal when you return, when you get back in the uh, gym working out and stuff? 
Oh, so the goal at that time is different than my goal now. So at that time, I was really missing, like, wrestling. And I was going through some personal things that were kind of, like, just messing me up mentally and emotionally. And just like a lot of people, quarantine was helping me gain weight. It wasn't helping me do anything else. So... Um, Rain, she is super motivating. Like, she is like, well, you know what? Life may suck and it may be on pause, but we can get that body snatched. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I don't have to let my body go just because I'm not wrestling and just because I feel like people aren't paying attention. So she's actually, like, the person that was like, hey, you can do this. And so she was actually helping me. Um, yes, we were doing it together, but she was more of a help to me than she realized. So that was the beginning. So then now, I guess, while I'm training, and even now, like, while I technically can't do anything with my hand, you know, I can do a lot of lower body things, whatever. I want to, when I return, I want to be a force to be reckoned with. Because before um, this COVID-19 situation, pandemic or whatever, I was literally making like a lot of headway in on the wrestling scene. People were really realizing my name, knowing what I was. I mean, I had a complete revamp. Like I changed my gear, everything, you know. And where I was wrestling, people began to pay attention. Excuse me, they were paying attention. And then COVID hit. And then I started getting bookings again, and I'm starting to pick up traction again, and then this injury happened. Well, after this, there's no going back. Like, people are going to be forced to know about me. So that's why I'm, like, hitting the gym and everything now. Like, no no excuses. You're going to see me. You're going to hear me. And this is going to make me stronger. Here's something that I have to say on a personal level. When I first mm-hmm. attended the one fall event and uh, Nasty Leroy's uh, debut match as, against QT, mm-hmm. it was a great time. And the one thing that I did notice amidst all the trash talk that we were doing that day, <laughs> we did, we talked about trash. If you were there, you knew yeah. the whole damn time. But uh, you had a presence, and uh, your presence is one that became noticeable that even no matter what role that you play in the organization, you still like to leave a lasting presence. Now, the thing about you and Leroy, tell me about your uh, the, the, the whole culture of One Fall Wrestling, now the Nightmare Factory. Uh, I'll let Leroy answer after you. But uh, tell me about that culture and stuff, because you guys really do seem like a family. Yeah, I really do feel like... It's a family. That was the reason why I really chose that school. I saw, well, so the true reason why I just went ahead and chose that school because I didn't go to any other wrestling school. You know how people say you need to go around and just test out some things before you make your final decision. I did not. But it was QT Marshall. His patience with... So, like, me, Leroy, and even with advanced people, his patience was, in, like, incredible. And he had a way of breaking down things to where anybody could understand it. 
And to me, I'm like, that's what I need. I need patience and I need someone to break it down with me and make sure I get it right. Like there's sometimes who will make us do it over and over in a row, but we got it right. Whereas there's some places, if you're going to get it the first three times, they move on to someone else because there's like other people. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's what you have to do. But that's why I decided to stay. And then after that, I realized that the people were just really chill. And a lot of people, I mean, like, they care. They actually care about you. And while it is a competitive field, I didn't feel like someone was gunning for my demise, you know? And Leroy was, like, one of the first to really, like, talk with me and encourage me because there were quite a few times there where I'm like, I don't know if I have what it takes. Like, I, well, I knew, like, I want to do it. But there were just times where I'm just like, hmm, people lying to me, and he would be like, look, you're a nasty hottie for a reason. <laughs> so it is a family. It's a, it's a good place. You have to work hard, though. You know, a lot of people have that misconception of, oh, well, since you go there and now it's associated with AEW, you're going to automatically get spots. No, I can honestly say that a lot of people that have gotten spots on AEW, Dynamite, or Dark, or whatever, they worked hard for it. And and I have to say, a, a lot, like, I don't know all of them, but the ones that I do know, they worked for it. Regardless of how I feel about them, I know that they worked for it. And QT rewards hard work. And I will always respect him for that. And and him and Glacier were the, like, foundations. So the fact that they took time and invested in me, I'm just like, you know what? Not a lot of people would do that in the business. And I respect it. That is still funny that you said. That is the most nasty Leroy and Curtis <laughs> You know, you're a nasty hottie for a reason. You know, that, that's the one thing he said. He said, hey, uh, when you come up there, man, you got to see this girl. Her name's Rob. Man, she, you know, there's a reason she's a nasty hottie. And you're going to see, I think she's a good pick. And before he even said, yo, that's where I already knew who he was talking about. I said, wow. I said, this freaking guy right here. Aww. Got good picks. You put yourself over, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> the go, the go on, the go on. What she's saying about the power factories uh, now known as the nightmare factory. Um, QT is one of those guys, and I'm not just QT. I, I like to say that um, even that you know, I've you know, I've been there the longest. Uh, when new people come in, I like to. Because uh, I know how it is when I came, when I come and go on multiple schools, like when I went to all different trainers, you know, your your first day, you, you would hope somebody bring you in or be cool with you. And nobody really, nobody really did that. I mean, there was a couple people who did that at other schools, but then they would do their own thing. So, but when Royal came in, I just was like, I just like, it, it felt part of my eye about like, it's all like our presence, like her, like something, something about her. I didn't even know her. Though. I was like, it's something about her. Um, and so what I, and not only that with Anna Jay is like, 
she was she was cool, you know, and everybody was trying to talk to her because, of course, she obviously her beauty and stuff. And now it is that royal and stuff too. But I, what I was seeing, I was seeing them as uh, not only as trainees and people. I just want to get to know them as people. So what I did is like when she would talk about how um, I remember one time she was like, "Oh, I'm not as pretty as so and so," and I'm like, "What? What are you talking about? Look at yourself. Like, what, what did you? What did you talk about? Look, take a picture. I don't. I don't know what you. I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I don't see it. You know." So, and I'd be like, you can't compare yourself to other people, how pretty you are, because there's a lot of guys that's on like you. It's like, for example, I'll use this example. Um, uh, Ruby and, and uh, not, not Shazza, but um, uh, Sashi, uh, Shashi Blackheart is one of my favorites too. But um, everybody, I told you, everybody has their who they like see because you're to be attracted you have be attracted to somebody somebody will like you even when they're not your type like i don't like alexa bliss but everybody raves and rants about her but i just try to just tell her like you know if you she said she wanted to be a nasty hottie and i was like a nasty hottie is basically uh, a top notch lady with high level confidence she's just badass or whatever she does you know and she just walks and talks in an accent and i just would tell her that every time when she would think she'd be down or something, I'd be like, you and Nancy Hottie for a reason. You're a top-notch lady for a reason, you know? You got to show them you're in a top-notch facility for training. Why not be a top-notch lady outside? So that's basically what I did. And as far as QT goes, um, QT is, um, is very understanding, but he's also he's stern, too. He's very stern. Like, people don't know. He's stern, but he's understandable, um, you know? Um, you know, there's reputations of him like, oh, he's, he's the hard ass around. He's just very sure and he wants you to get it right. He breaks it down for you, you know. And all and there's only a few times that we yell at people when there's and it's not even like we just yelling and yelling it. He really wants you to get it, really wants you to learn it, you know. Okay. But he's a good coach and probably one of the best coaches that I train with. Like I think he can train anybody because if you just take the time to learn it and you know, matter how big you are or how small you are, he'll break it down for you, like, yep. and he'll get in the ring with you, like, and take those bumps, too, you know? Yeah. Uh, hold on, I will because when I met QT, the first thing I told QT is I had the utmost respect for how he handles uh, you, because previously to you joining the Power Factory, you know the beef that I had with the previous coach that you had, and since I knows I have no filter. I still have a problem with Johnny Swinger. So the thing is, is that like you know, I will always have to upmost respect because uh, I feel like he's a very good coach who invests in his talent and stuff and doesn't take advantage of them. Unlike Johnny Swinger, who is still on site when I see him. So on site. Very. <laughs> yeah. I just had to. I went out the way. Go ahead, Vaughn. So, um, what is your what would be, what, what would be your advice um, for you to people that wants to come into the Nightmare Factory, and what do, what would you see yourself after you heal from your injury? Like, would you see yourself traveling around like the United States or over the pond or or like in Japan or what's what's uh, Royals' future goals? 
Well, the first question, I just tell people, invest in yourself, invest in your dreams. You know, just know that while it's called a nightmare factory, a nightmare is still a dream. (laughs) It's just a dream that's not as pleasant. But sometimes when you put in the hard work, because no one promised you that the journey was going to be easy. But usually out of every nightmare, you wake up. And most people are very relieved by the time that they woke up. And that's what I say. It's like going through the nightmare factory. Invest in your dream. Get through it. Work through the crap. And then when you're on the other side, you're going to be very glad and thankful that is, that you did it. That, that That's the hardest part is putting in the work, which is the nightmare. <laughs> So I just say, go for it. And then the second thing is, after this, oh, I plan to go for it all. You know, I would love to go across the pond and wrestle because I still have a lot to learn. I would love to get on here and be like, I'm the baddest. No one can take me down and no one can do this and blah, blah, blah. And in some cases, that's very true. However, <laughs> however, I do understand that there's a lot that I can still learn and that I need to wise up and understand that I need to learn how to handle myself in every situation. And yeah, I feel like I can learn that overseas. I can learn that here. I'm just so eager to learn and to perform. I'm a performer. I want someone to feel, whether it's my opponent feeling pain or the audience feeling the pain that I'm dishing out to my opponent. (laughs) Regardless, I want people to feel. So it's the moment that that doctor clears me and I'm able to go to training. Oh, it's going to be balls to the wall at that point. I like to say to someone that's being a, you know, being a, I, I think a lot of people, uh, or my new fame notoriety think that this is like um, I'm new to the um, that this is my first match and this is my first go around but as people start to look at my background know that I've been in wrestling for a little hot minute mm-hmm. but um, I like to tell people if you go to the Nightmare Factory or it is it, it, I, I'm going to put this to all the people who go to Nightmare Factory but mainly the females the the latest, because I like to uh, tell this to them. Um, once you start getting really, like, have start having matches and you're in Royals position and you, like, you're doing your thing, I always tell girls to, I always tell ladies that you should definitely, like, when COVID is over and all and stuff and they start having events, uh, a great promotion, which how Shashi Blackhurst got good, your, your friend Shashi McKenzie, and, uh, Brandy Lauren and all those girls, they went to like a shine. They went to like a shimmer and a rise. And those three promotions, I don't know if shine's still around, but I know shimmer's still around. And I know yeah. shine's still around. And I just tell people, hey, just go to their camps. You're going to learn from a lot of better wrestlers like Chili and Melissa. And back when she was on Independence, you know, uh, Mercedes Martinez and you're learn a lot and stuff in in Chicago and stuff and then like take a lot of seminars and camps. That's basically where I learned my stuff. Basically, like when I before I was with the Nightmare Family, oh uh, factory, 
and family. I just learned, I just learned on the fly, seminars. I just like, seminars was my thing. And so I tell people, it's like, there's a, someone like a chilling Melissa or like a veteran wrestler, like a, somebody like that, that has a great pedigree, even, even least or somebody like that. You could always learn from like, learn from everybody. And the yeah. case of Royal, the, the case of Royal is, she's always, she's really always really learning. I like, I remember, uh, the, uh, the first few months she was, she was at the power factory and then she was talking about, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to move up near where the power factory at. She did. And then she started recording videos with QT train and she was getting really, really good. Like, and it's so at the point now that I think if you put her in, no matter if it's a mixed tag or injured in the match, like if you put her in beyond wrestling or promotion that does that, she can make a, she can make that. Now I'm just put her in the, just beyond matches or in the gender matches. I think you can put her in uh, or some good matches with a lot of good people that you wouldn't think she could go toe to toe with. Like I, I seen her against, we won't, I ain't saying his name, but David Rabbassad Ali. <laughs> and she can, she's definitely tough. You know, she definitely can take a punch and then punch back and chop back. So. Who, who was the person that you beat for your first champion? My first champion? Yeah, David Ali. Rad Bassett Ali. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we ran into it at the hotel, right? Leroy? Oh, yeah. We ran into Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Listen, here, here's the question I had. Um, who would be your dream opponent? Oh, I have so many. Um, if I had to choose one dream opponent, it would be cautious is hard. Oh. Right, it changes like all the time. Right now, it would be Eostry. Oh, that would be a good one. That would be good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I feel like we would have a dope match. I like that. I like, I like that too. Your match. How was your match with Thunder Rosa? You, so, I was super new when I had that match. Like, it was. Yeah, because I was talking to her at Mission Pro that, because I went to Mission Pro, her all independent woman wrestling, so. Mm hmm and I was talking to her, I said, how, how did it was? And she said, yeah, she was beginning at first, but it was, and then I said, you should book her for your all-female promotion. And then she said she was going to look into it because she liked how your style of fighting was. Aw, thank yeah. you, Thunder Rosa. She literally carried me. Like, it was, I was so brand speaking new. I didn't understand the opportunity that was there. I was just so happy to be involved um, because at the time I didn't know much about her, but what I do, because I, I wasn't like a hardcore like wrestling fan when I got into wrestling. I was when I was a kid and then I lost so many years of wrestling. That's a whole other story. But what I do, I research my opponent before each match. Even if I know who they are, I still research. And I started to really, really like, like her. And I was like, oh, I don't want to have to beat her up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
it was great. I was just, I was just so new. I didn't, I didn't deserve to be in that ring against her. I really feel like that. I now I would, well, even, I'm not, I'm not just saying this because of her recent, um, like skyrocket to like, now everybody's talking about Thunder Rosa. So I'm not saying it just because of this. When our match resurfaced and people were like sharing the crap out of it, I was still like, you know what? I would love to have a rematch because I was just not ready for Thunder Rosa. I was not ready. I was very fortunate that most of the time Thunder Blonde beat up on me because Thunder Rosa would have handed me everything. I would have had to have a whole other life. I would have had to be reborn if it was just me and her. <laughs> yeah, she has her that match that you you had with her on her YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, she does. Yeah, she does. Yep, she does. Oh, yeah, it is on her channel. It's just I'm again. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. It shows how skilled she is um, to be able to work with like two green newbies and still have an entertaining match, you know, and not like demolish us. She was very generous. <laughs> okay. I think I think that uh that card uh that was a good card because you you guys was in the main event and I was so happy for you. I know. Um, and I was like <laughs> and I was like, listen, you're gonna go out there and kill it, yeah, you know. Um, and plus, I, I think at the time I was wrestling, I, I wrestled Matt Sales when we had a rivalry. And then I let her on the wrestle Bolo and, uh, the, you know, destroy that. Yeah. But on the side note, I think this episode has broken the big league counter, the rivalry between the hair guy and that. <laughs> yeah, they've been big leaking each other all through the episodes. This it makes sense. We're seeing it. So we're gonna no, go ahead and close this I'll... episode out. Um, Royal, I'm gonna ask you um, if you can do me a favor. Um, okay. I was gonna ask you if you can cut a promo, but if you can cut a promo on anybody you want, and if you can do it here on the podcast. Do it on this idiot who calls himself the Fry Daddy. Oh, here we go. Fry Daddy. No, no, no. You don't need to call. You don't need to cut it. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> no, because it, it would get too. I think I'd get too into it if it was David Ali. Um, yeah. and well, let's see. Let's see. Who we brought up. Okay. All right. I got one. Okay. <clears throat> let's see. Putting a promo on the spot here. Let's see here. <laughs> I hate you, Fry Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. I've noticed this person. I've actually, I actually know you pretty well. You know, we kind of started out together we face a couple of ups and downs together and I am legitimately happy for you, but I, I just don't know what's going on. You seem to be losing your mind. 
you join this crazy group where you just feel like you just have to be the center of attention. I hear that you now call yourself the queen slayer. <laughs> First the star of the show and now the queen slayer. Well, this is a message from a royal. This is a minor setback. Yes, I'm injured. I can't do anything. And you know what? You are doing an amazing job. However, as I just said, this is a setback. Every musical diva knows that the best comebacks are after each setback. So don't sleep on me, Queen Slayer, because a royal will always rise. You can have the stage for now, but don't get too comfortable because soon you're going to have to share it and eventually it's going to be a solo. But until then, enjoy. But when I come back, you'll be singing another tune. So I hope you hear that, Anna J. Wrestling's musical diva, The Fighting Siren, Shalandra Royale, is not anything to be underestimated. Hey, that one. I like it. I popped so hard over here. <laughs> <laughs> I love promos, man. That's awesome. That was awesome. Uh, before before we sign off, I just like to I just like to say this: if that happens on AW TV, y'all need to watch that match because it's not in there. It's not big leaguing, all right? These 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 both of these girls have progressed and evolved, like. So much like Royal. I remember the first day she came in there, and then months later when she said she moved to uh the up near the school, and I was like, oh really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, she was like, yeah. And then so I saw her put out videos constantly with QT. Then I saw Anna J improving. Um, then now I even see on AWTV like the story mentioned. What the hell? You just told this story. I love you, bro. But you just told this story. Big up to Royal. Just say big up to Royal. Your family, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, Lee Ray got dementia. He, he, I love Lee but he does this. <laughs> I love Lee That's my boy, but he does do this. I got a question. Here, here we go. This is the last question for, for Royal. This is outside. Guys who have crush on wrestling girls, what is Royals' type of guy that she's into? Oh, let's see. The guys that I'm into. Don't give us no generic answer. Let's go with the truth here. Oh, it can't be generic. Okay, because that's she the like fact the that I'm one guys. The who? <laughs> Not the Lentorian, the John Cena guys. That's exactly the opposite. Well, the thing is, I so I'm attracted to like passion and drive. Like when I see a guy that like goes hard in the paint for something, that's a, that's the first thing I notice. I know it sounds stupid, but obviously physical attraction is a thing we all know that that but what hones it in for me if i see them passionate about something and they or they do something super well like if you 
if you play the piano and next thing you know, you just rip out, like you just play it. So I don't know, like that gets me. Um, and so I, I like talented guys. I like driven and passionate guys. Heck, it could be about math. I hate math. But if you're just a great mathematician, I respect that. And I'm probably going to fall for that. So that everybody has a shot. I, I don't care about skin color. I don't care about your, um, how they say, nationality or ethnicity. I just want to be treated well. I want to be respected. I like someone that has drive. Like, I just can't. I just can't be lonely. I don't know. I just don't see myself being with someone that's just like, oh, I don't know what I want to do today. I don't want to do anything. I'm like, look, I have those days. I need someone who's going to motivate me to get up to do something. It's okay to have those days every now and then. So I need a motivator. I need someone ambitious. Again, like I said, I don't care about your skin tone or whatever. Um, I prefer guys older than me, but, you know, some guys younger than me have surprised me, so I'm open to that. <laughs> big and, yeah, and, huh? Royal Big League me in this question because she gave me the generic answer because the thing is that everybody on this call can attest. The thing is, what draws you first before you even get to that level of noticing their passion? There has to be something that draws you and catches your attention. But I physically are attracted to all the way down because now once you once you're drawn in you get to learn about their passion what they're about and everything your eye well see that's not true with me because i will converse with anyone you proved that so yeah (laughs) i will have a conversation because this is my thing i don't usually go up and talk to guys with the intention of trying to make them my boyfriend I don't do that, in fact. Most guys, if they want to, they I don't know if it's a guy or girl thing, whatever. I just try to live and breathe. I may find someone attractive, but that doesn't mean that I want to be with you. Mm. What gets me is the conversation. And or or this is the opposite. Again, a passion. If I see you, you know, like let's say if you're a gamer or something and I'm watching you take out people left and right on Call of Duty, and when it ends, you're like place number one, and you're going against like people online from Korea, and you're number one or number two or number three when you finish. I'm like, okay, they're good at this, and like if you're super passionate about gaming, that could be something that I'm just like, oh, so I might notice that and then want to talk. But at that point, I noticed how good you were with gaming or like playing the piano or wrestling or something. So, yes, that could be something I see first. But if I'm just meeting people, I don't just have the thought of, oh, I want to be with them. It's the conversation we have. And if I find out like this person is just really passionate about starting a business or they're really they're really determined to make sure that they have more than what they're their family had and are doing every necessary step to make sure that they're not struggling or they can help their parents. So it can be something like that where I'm like, hmm, that's a nice trait to have in someone that you're dating. They're going to make sure I'm taken care of and I want to make sure that they're happy. You know, so again, it's all about conversation with me. If you can't give a decent conversation for me, we're probably just going to stay friends and it is nothing against you. You don't have to be the funniest. You don't have to be the most serious. 
but I want to learn you. I hope I'm making sense. I, I want to learn the person yeah. because there are guys I've dated. Some people look at me and like, that guy clearly will slap with the ugly stick. I don't know. People can be cool, but I didn't see that. I don't think I dated anyone that was ugly, but a lot of people have asked me, like, why did you date someone like that? They were like, really? You should be with something else, whatever. But no, it was something about the person, whether they're really charismatic, they're really sweet, and on top of other things. <laughs> um, but they were really passionate. So that's why I say, yes. Some of these answers may sound generic because I legitimately want to get to know the person or at least think I know the person before I want to entwine my life with them and entwine other things. I just don't want to be with a stranger. I've known so many people that look good and they're trash human beings. Like they act like trash human beings. They probably are good in other things. I don't care about that. Well, I'll tell you this. It sounds like Royals attracted to people who are winners, uh, very masters of their craft. Down to earth, uh, intelligent human beings. With that being said, um, that eliminates you, Fry Daddy, because you're a man. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Oh, I should see that with them. Like Royal, okay? Don't even do anything, okay? You idiot. You have no chance. <laughs> the the <laughs> war between Fry Daddy and the Belt Guy continues. Um, you can come I, I, will, I will say this. I will say this because I, I want to say this while we are on the call. I plan to have Royal on my podcast and get more in depth. But I do like this episode, and this has been a good episode. Have Royal on here. I can't wait till we do the live one in Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so GCW uh, Collective will be in Indiana um, for the Collective. If you don't know what the Collective is, there's a whole bunch of good independent pro wrestling events, not sports entertainment. Uh, that's that's five minutes, Leroy. Right, go home. Uh, but it's a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> it's a whole bunch of promotions that come together. If you've never seen independent wrestling, or you just heard about Joey Janelle's Spring Break, Joey Janelle's Spring Break will bring you in, and the rest will keep you there. And uh, you know, check it out. Uh, it's ninth to the uh the eleventh, but I will only be there for two days. You can check me out there. You can take pictures. I have merchandise and everything. Uh, also be at New South, the the eleven on Sunday, and so you see what I'm doing there. So that's my that's mm-hmm. my. Royal, you want to close? How should I close it out? What's your social it's medias and everything? Oh, okay. I didn't know I was giving an aspirational word or what. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fighting Siren underscore R. You can also find me on Facebook. I think if you type in a real royal, you may find like my page that you can like. I do have a Patreon now um, where I put exclusive content. Like there's some stuff that I didn't say in the podcast, but it'll be available soon on my Patreon. I said soon. And you just get exclusive stuff there, but don't feel obligated. Just letting you know that I have it. I also have a YouTube channel. That's The Fighting Siren. Um, and I take requests. So if you want a certain video, just let me know. 
And yeah. Sounds good to me. All Just right. uh, make sure you hey, make sure you block Fry Daddy when you try to request you. Oh, <laughs> All right. Thank you, Royal, for coming on the show. That was much appreciated for you to have to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Um, check us out, uh, A10 uh, on uh, in, in Indianapolis after Joey Janela's spring break. We're going live, baby. We're gonna be on Twitch. We're gonna be on Twitch, Instagram, Spotify. We're gonna be on that jazz. We're gonna, we're going live with the belt guy, and nasty Leroy. And you can also catch my merch at uh, prowrestlingtees.com. Bad news, Bond eight one zero. Buy the damn t-shirts. <laughs> also, you can you can follow you can follow you can follow him on uh, on social media and ask him for a t-shirt. You know, and also go buy that t-shirt. And also, you go buy my t-shirt uh, if you can't get to the collective. You know, nationally or uh, pro and t slash nationally or and nasty team shirt is coming up, and uh, I'll probably. Probably not. I can't say if I'll be debuting a shirt uh, at the collective, but I will definitely be there. So if you, I will have t-shirts in person, Nestle or that man shirt, so you can see me there at the One collective. One minute, go home. <laughs> Everybody pray for me that I survive Vegas and I make it to next week's podcast. He shall survive. We will pray. For everybody, for Royal, Nasty Leroy, the Million Dollar Man, Hair DiBiase, and the Belt Guy. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you. Push me to the edge. Never gave a fuck about nothing that I said. Now I'm making profits in these streets, no red cup. I've been going hard and I swear that I won't let up. Fuck a final match, yeah, you know that I'm back. Got a couple haters, so we gotta get the strap. Push me to the edge, and I'm on fire. I will not stop until I find ya. You fucked up once, now you're gonna die young. Yeah. Push me to the edge, and I'm on fire. I will not stop until I find ya. You fucked up once, now you're gonna die young. And still I rise from the ashes like a phoenix, middle finger to the sky, gripping my consent. Yeah, I think we're pretty decent I am not alone, I got Enzo in the back We some real ones, certified, that's facts I am fed up, but I'm trying to relax Had to get a bow with my foot up on the dash String me like a puppet, all that shit is in the pretense Used to hold me down, now I party every weekend Did what I could, but you had to find a reason M-O-T-H, don't try to pretend Out for revenge, forming an allegiance Had to level up, can you hear me?
push me to the edge and I'm on fire I will not stop until I find ya You fucked up once, now you're gonna die young You're gonna die